Sorry, we're getting ca- I'm getting caught up in the song. KBLA Talk 1580. Um, an artist, the artist you hear right now in studio with me is Daime Arosena. She is uh, a native of Cuba, born in Havana. She's a singer, a composer, a choir director, and she is uh, one of the most popular and talented of a new generation of Cuban musicians approaching jazz, soul, and classical influences with her innate sense of rhythm. Um, She released her second album called Cubafonia in early 2017. Um, (laughs) Well-versed, obviously, in her country's musical traditions. Um, And I can read this whole bio. It's long, but I'm not going to do that because I'm going to let her tell us about herself. Daime Arosena, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure for me to be here. Yeah, it's nice to have you in studio. Um, I was listening to <coughs> to your album oh, that's last good. night over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, so, you know, we in the United States, we like to put people in categories and boxes. You, you know, you go on, you belong on this chart or that chart or the other chart. You know, you're this or your that or the other thing so what how would you explain yourself to us i always say to people unbox me (laughs) (laughs) unbox me yeah it's it's difficult for me to understand Uh, and i always say 30 didn't create music so music is music and we we are trying to put genres and names and boxes on it I'm just a musician. So what I do is to learn from everything, from everywhere, keep my mind really open to influences and uh, culture. And I try to be honest with my songwriting. So um, also, I mean, I'm a musician, a singer, but I am a composer. So when I get the inspiration, I try to be honest with it. I don't say, oh, this must be a, a jazz song. If it, <laughs> if it is not, a, yeah, I'm not going to push it into a genre to please uh, specific ears or egos. I'd rather just keep it honest with every single song. I believe every song has a soul and I respect that. Every song has a soul. Each song has a soul of its own. Yeah. Mm. I there there are songs that I love and I don't like the artist. <laughs> but I like yeah, <laughs> that's it's true, But I like the song. <laughs> so that's why I all I'm always open to songs. And I'm not crazy about artists specifically. I mean there are people that I love so much, like Nina Simone and Shadea do, right? But um I am not crazy fan of people. I'm crazy fan of songs. Oh, you're wearing what is that? What is that T-shirt? Is that Selena? Selena. That's hilarious yeah. because yeah. you know you're Cuban. Yeah. And um, it's very distinct from Mexican music. Oh, it's yeah. not at all the same. But Selena made a great impact in my life because her, my parents discovered that I was crazy about music, so. I will sing Selena's song when I was like five years old and I will make it loud and proud. So my <laughs> parents were like, whoa, 
this girl, my, my grandmother used to say that she she needed to make a, a spiritual ceremony to Selena because I had her <laughs> spirit like uh, <laughs> in my in my uh, close to me all the time. Uh-huh. Then my grandmother, she says Santera, and she was like, "Oh, I need to make a cleansing because Selena is possessing these girls." <laughs> I love Selena so much, and. Uh, Yeah, I like to, uh, sometimes when I need inspiration, I wake up and I have a couple of Selena t-shirts. So I say, okay, you are walking down with me today. So for those who are not in the YouTube chat at KBLA 1580, Daime has on a Selena t-shirt with a massive cowrie shell collar over it and her locks cascading down (laughs) on her shoulders. So um, it's, you know, it's kind of... uh, it's a sort of a tribute to what you were saying about being open to different things. Yes, especially mm, I I truly believe as Latinos, if you are a, if if you are a Latino, if you are a Caribbean, at least culturally, you are the black descendant. Maybe you don't have it specifically in your blood, but you had you have it in the food you eat. You have it in the way you dance. You have it in the way you speak. So African descendancy is something that is not just a melanin thing for me. And I try to educate Latinos about it because there is a lot of, there is not enough information about it. And that costs us a lot uh, to those who really are dark skin. If people are not educated about how proud they they should be as, um, I mean, as people that received all of that information and all of that uh, flavor. Um, so then we don't we don't understand each other and we fight each other instead seeing each other as family. So that's why I wear Selena with proudness and and I wear my shells and I wear my dreadlocks. So I'm a proud Latina uh, and I'm a proud African descendant Latina. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that seems, I'm sure it doesn't seem that strange um, being Cuban. Um, Maybe in in California, people have, you know, in, in other parts of the United States, people have a harder time getting their minds around that. But I think, you know, black and Latino um, tends to be, people think of it as very distinct and sometimes <laughs> at odds, right? Yeah, it's so, I mean, it's the, it's the way society has been built up since we were colonized. That's the that's the colonial mindset. Uh, but can you imagine the sofrito weed? Like, where's that coming from? It's a, it's, it's a lot. Just the way we speak Spanish, the way, I mean, it's not the the Spanish from Spain is our own Spanish. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, uh, that is true. So I have, uh, I, you know, I, I call myself bilingual, but when I first started listening, especially Afro-Cuban people, I was like, I don't, what are you, <laughs> what is that even? I don't understand that. And then I realized it's just like trying to understand black Americans speaking English if you learned English out of a book. Yeah. We, we, you're going to be lost. We all have congas, um, bongos it's like uh, you do you understand where is that coming from like yeah we we are like a big drum i believe each person is a drum 
because drumming is something that we are all capable to do. Drumming is in your body, it's in your skin. It's, it's sound that you make out of different parts of your body. So when you embrace that drumming, you you will start feeling Africa there. So it's a it's a complicated thing when you live in the world <laughs> you you live. But at least I do my my work, which is talking about it, being loud about it, and trying to educate others about it. You are a musician. You said a composer, a singer. Um, do you? Talk to me about how how your musical education is was as a Cuban because you know I think it's a really different orientation. Um, even uh, Cubans that I know that that you know live here um, have spoken to me on how it's almost like a uh, you you know Cubans that were born, raised, and trained in Cuba have an advantage because you guys are dedicated to the music yeah you're yeah. not working you know at a as a bartender during the day yeah, and exactly but at the same time i mean it, it has a lot of contrast right i'm sure uh the first big thing is to get into the school because ah. they just take like 20 kids a year wow per school so there are a lot of talented people that don't get that opportunity and when you don't get that opportunity you don't have the right to be a musician. Mm. So that, that that's the system we have there, right? Uh, which is so weird because you have to be you have to be aware. You have to know that you want to be a musician at the age of eight or ten years old. That's the maximum. You can't be older than that. And so you have to get into that training by, by 10 years old at yes, the latest. I, and if you haven't, you would... You are late. Y- yeah. It's impossible. It's almost impossible for you to get into the school. Right. You you would have to be just doing it on your own, like as a hobby. Yeah, exactly. you would That would not be your job. Yeah. And on the other hand, if you re- if you know that you want to be a musician at the age of, at the age of 8 or 9 or 10... Lucky you if you get inside the school, because that's that's the yeah. next thing. So some a lot of people notice that their kids are talented on music. Come on, we are Cubans. It's like yeah. we are the biggest island in the Caribbean. We got the most. We got like a million African people. <laughs> like we got so much music, right? Um, but it's hard because you apply for the school and there are thousands of kids and they just pick 20 per school and there is just like four schools. So 80 in total is really hard. Um, but it means that when you get it inside the school, you are trained as a military. <laughs> so you train music in a military way um, with the Russian system. So you are not allowed to study and play Cuban music or Cuban genres, you play Tchaikovsky and you play um, Rasmaninov. That's what you play. And that's how you, you learn. And you get a lot of technique, trust me, like pure technique. But sometimes, most of the times, many people that actually got the school and got graduated, they don't want to make music anymore. They, they, they break. They drilled it out of the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the classical drills and the and the, what you're calling a military style training in the arts doesn't work for some artists. Yeah, for many of us, 
trust me. And at the same time, I don't want to be uh, rude about what I'm going to say, but we are, as I said before, Caribbean black descendant, and then you are imposing white culture so hard. So you are not allowing us to play congas and to play salsa or to play cha-cha-cha or to play mambo. You are uh, pushing us just to play music that is way, I mean, is far away from us. So that really makes an effect. Did you go through that training yourself? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, and you didn't quit? No. But I... It didn't I, break the... It I didn't make, my, did it make you say, I don't want to do this anymore? Um, I was so... I, I mean, that's my that's my mission in life. I, and I was so clear about it. You were ready to walk through fire. Your ancestors said. My ancestors, the ones that are right up there and the ones that were with me when I was a kid. I was born in a house where we were 14 people in a two-bedroom, one-bath apartment. So, and I was born in the 90s when... We were in, in Cuba. We had the special period, so it was like a biggest crisis in Cuba, and we would have electricity one hour a day, right? So, my family will sing and dance every day. They didn't have money, they didn't have food, they didn't have electricity, but they had music, and they weren't musicians. So the way I grew up was in contrast with the my training at the school I got the I was so lucky to get into the school right so I got this the Bach skills and I got the Rachmaninoff skills right but at home I was getting rumba every single day and they were telling me okay what you think is beautiful but sing it here you have to make it here the clave you have to be able to talk and make the, the clave at the same time so that's <laughs> so Trust me, my ancestors were there with me saying, like, you can't quick. <laughs> wow. We're, ta <laughs> we're talking with Daime Aracena. And, you know, if you have a question or conversation, you're welcome to join in 800-920-1580. For my Freedman Friday, folks, I'm not excluding you. You guys are always in the chat saying, please let me on the air. The only person who called today was Molly Bell. God bless her. Happy birthday, Molly Bell. She has the same birthday as Rosa Parks. Before I forget, I do want to say uh, Rosa Parks birthday celebration uh, Sunday at um, the Nate Holden Performing Arts Center is also a get out the vote rally. You can bring your ballot. You can sign up. You can get all the information you need. And uh, we're going to continue this conversation. What song should we hear right now? Oh, we should listen to a song I wrote 10 years ago and finally it's come out. It's called American Boy. Let's see. American Boy. <laughs> Let's hear it. Um, Daime Aras. There we go. Thanks for waking up with Dominique De Prima on KBLA Talk 1580. Zeme Arosena is my guest. Tell us what we're hearing. You can leave it up, Miles, a little bit. Um, that's a song uh, that is called A Fuego Lento. It's like uh, simmering food, but simmering yourself. <laughs> yeah, right, a slow burn kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, and yeah. I wrote it with Vicente Garcia, which is one of my favorite musicians of the whole Caribbean. Um, he's someone that is, like me, really open-minded to music and always combining folkloric sounds and genres and rhythms with a more pop or contemporary sounds. Yeah. Mm. 
and um, you you must do. It's interesting listening to the music. There is, you know, obviously you hear I hear stuff that here in the United States we'd call salsa or Afro-Cuban music, and then I hear a lot of jazz. I hear some other hybrid things and influences. Not that I, ex, uh, you know, pretend to be some great expert. But are you playing like a lot of jazz festivals? Are you doing, um, you know, solo concerts? Like where are you? How are you? Um, I know you did a tiny desk. That's always <laughs> super popular. Um, I mean, I'm coming from the jazz scene. Yeah. So this is the first album. Uh, basically, we are releasing an album that is called Alchemy, which is coming out on February 23rd. Um, but um, I'm coming from the jazz scene, and this is the first album that is less jazzy, um, more, um, yeah, it's more contemporary, mm -hmm. um, closer to pop, soul, so yeah. Um, but basically, as I said at the very be beginning, every single day I enjoy more to be unboxed. So, but of course, <laughs> I I did the whole jazz circuit over twenty five countries. So basically, wow. like really into the jazz world and the jazz scene. Now I'm fighting to be seen outside of that bubble, which is just the jazz circuit, um, because. I want to speak and send my, my message of self-love and um, being conscious about African descendancy and all of that to a bigger crowd. And unfortunately, sometimes when you say jazz, when you put the label of jazz, young kids, they are like, whoa, I don't want that. Um, so I'd rather say I'm a musician, listen to my music. And then you'll, you'll be like, oh, this is kind of jazzy or this is kind of... Right, even yeah. though you're on the younger end of a millennial, right? What oh, we yeah. call millennials, you're on the younger end of that. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. So you want to maybe be able to sing to your peers sometimes. Yeah, but uh, honestly, <laughs> when I was in my early 20s, I will be surrounded by over 50 years old people because the jazz scene is like that right. and I will I mean and I got so much respect and love um, support so my jazz scene and my jazz people will be always with me in my heart and in my soul uh, I but now that I'm 30 I feel closer to the younger crowd than when I was 22 right well you were you know still probably um, recovering from or maybe even in the midst of the uh, military style musical <laughs> yeah. training right yeah. so and in Cuba the main point is to be a killer musician yeah all you need to be is perfect so basically hmm, it's, it's a lot of competitive competitivity like we need to prove for self but also as a singer is harder because singers they are not always considered musicians right so as a singer and songwriter that really wanted to sing my songs I needed to prove to everybody that I was a musician so I I needed to gain that respect Sing as a musician, not as a singer. So, 
that's why in my early 20s I was so too focused to get that mm. and honestly I th I think I got it I got the respect of the jazz scene not just in Cuba but in a lot of places hold that thought we're, we continue we got a hard stop here for news traffic and sports Dime Addison as my guest KBLA Talk 1580 she's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580 more first things first with Dominique DePrima when we come forward like, I could hear four of your songs from the album and think I was listening to four different women. Oh, my goodness. That's the most beautiful compliment you can give to me. <laughs> because my my biggest influence is Nina Simone. And when I heard Nina Simone from, for the first time, I thought she was different people. Like, different persons. I <laughs> yeah, heard, she kind of does have that, too. I heard... Uh, uh, I put a spell on you, and I heard in the same, I mean, I had this type of albums that you just born that in your house. So it didn't have any credits or anything. <laughs> and it had a mix of different singers, right? So it had singers from Ellis Regina to um, Celeste Mendoza, right? Like a, a lot of singers. So I will listen to... I put a spell on you, and I was like, whoa, I uh, I don't know what's that, if it's a man, if it's a woman, I don't know, I just want to sing like her, that, like that person. That's what I said to myself. I was like 15. And then I heard, I love you, Porgy. Yeah. I was like, who is that person? I don't know if it's a man, if it's a woman, but I want to sing like that person. So next day, I saw a friend of mine who gave me that album, and I said to him, Thank you so much for the gift. I loved it so much. And he said, which one do you like it the, the most? And I said, hey, I liked it. this song and this song. I don't know who are these persons, but I loved them so much. And when he said, it's the same person. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, so I want to be like that person. I want to be like her. Um, and yesterday I was thinking about Nina and, and how much she has been beside my beside me walking in my path right so it's a it's a beautiful compliment now that you said that makes me oh good i'm glad yeah um so tell us what we just heard um what that song was which one of you was that <laughs> <laughs> uh that song is called suave pegado uh it's a featuring with a uh, uh, reggaeton urban hip-hop artist from Puerto Rico called Rafa Pavón. And uh, it's my first uh, experimentation with reggaeton, but it's a suave reggaeton. It's like a bossa nova jazzy reggaeton. Uh, suave y pegado, it's called. Yeah. What does that mean? Soft uh, and not so soft? Suave, uh, yeah, like soft and... Um, sticky? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like when you dance, it's, it's expression when you dance suave y pegado, like close, like really close and slowly. So it, that's the vibe. When you, when, you, when you listen to the song, it, you feel like you, are, you want to dance with someone, but it's not, a, it's not an aggressive uh, dance or, you know, a lot of shaking and Perreo is more like <laughs> it's more like dancing suavecito, like pe pegadito, like close, 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 close bodies and suavecito and slowly. 
you are going to be here in Los Angeles where we're broadcasting right now at uh, on Monday at Yay. the Bardot in Hollywood. It's uh, uh, I haven't been there, but it's a club I can see in Hollywood. Looks um, looks really nice. Um, what what can we expect? Well, I'm <laughs> going to be performing a few songs of my brand new album. So you might get some sneak sneak peeks. The one that's not coming out till uh, the end of the month. It's not coming uh, yeah, until the end of the month. But I might perform a couple of songs that are not released yet. And I will perform the songs that are already released. So we already dropped a few tracks. Like this one, Suave Pegao. We dropped... Uh, a Fuego Lento, American Boy, Como Vivir Por Él. You already played all of them. So <laughs> so I'm going to perform all of those songs. I'm going to perform a few of my biggest tracks from my previous albums. And you are going to see me in a different... I mean, in the different uh, stage presence. I have been identified as someone that always dress white. And I I always defend a lot of the African descendants and the, the uh, rituals and the way we the traditions yeah, yeah. the the traditions we have in Cuba. But with this album, the main goal is to talk about self love, and I break I broke so many issues that I had with myself with this project. It's been a project that I have been working for more than two years, almost three years. So it's not, yeah, it's not that I'll be naked, but I feel comfortable. <laughs> I feel comfortable enough to to be naked now. Wow. Um, for example, yeah, in the album, in the music video of A Fuego Lento with Vicente Garcia, I felt not shame at all to get undressed in front of my team to record the, the video. So it's a crazy progress from the dime that I was to the dime that I am today. And it's, it's coming from a beautiful place. It's coming from a place where I feel my skin, where I feel in, I feel my soul connected to my body in a way that I never felt it be before. And I want to share that with people because we have been trained and we have been told to hate ourselves and to hate our bodies. You grew up looking to you at the mirror and being uncomfortable all the time with who you are and judging your 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 case. This is just a case, but it's a case that you have to love so much because it helps you to develop your life in the earth. So. Every single thing you are just makes you unique. And um, as a black Latina woman, I have been told so many things. I can imagine. Yeah, that you are, you are not sexy, you are not beautiful, you are not the woman that uh, a man is going to hold as, as her wife, especially if he's not a black man or things, uh, many crazy things, which... And and for the record, Daime is beautiful. 
Absolutely more than gorgeous. that. <laughs> Just for the record. But, but 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 more more than that in in, in my spirit. Now right. of I, course. I feel like But you said you had like breakthroughs with stuff that you yourself were struggling with. Like um, what like what? I'm gonna put you an example. Okay. Uh, when I was twelve years old. Um how do you say this uh, in a correct language because my English is not that good to say my my, my breast yeah my breast. okay <laughs> i was trying to not, find it not the slang right yeah, yeah. i was trying yeah. to find the, the right word my breast was too big for my age i was like 12 years old and my breast will go all the way down to my uh, almost my hips so mama africa you understand what i mean mm -hmm. like, it's really uh, really wide um big and that was hurting my back too i was studying piano at the school all of all of that so i had to get a surgery for the reduction of my breast but nobody educated me about why my body was like that why i had that big breast what my ancestors were telling me through that big breast um i'm not someone that eat a lot of food i wasn't I mean, I was born in Cuba, so I wasn't even allowed to eat a lot of food. But I was always a plus-size girl. Um, I always judge myself. Plus-size, yeah. Why am I having this size? Nobody told me, hey, is your genetic? Is your ancestor's uh, gift to you? Embrace it, enjoy it, because when you dance, it looks different. Like, I needed a lot of um, information that I didn't have to grow up loving my body, not being ashamed of it. I was a girl that I will get across the street to not face people when I was walking. Wow. I was that uncomfortable and uh, with m my own body. So the journey I have made, like I will b basically make, I will walk more blocks to not pass through people sometimes. right to avoid people you'd go the long avoid, way yeah yeah, yeah. So, but so how did you i mean how I mean, do how did, well, you did know, i get well, here i don't know yeah. <laughs> okay good answer. i know i know i know so so you'll tell us when we come forward yeah i mean uh, there has to be something you you know and you know you said because it sounds like you set out to intentionally get on a journey about self-love and now it's reflected in this album that's coming out yeah so we'll hear about that when we come forward kbla talk 1580 yes more of first things first with dominique de Prima when we come forward We've got a We've lot, got to, a talk lot about. to talk about. Hi, I'm Zoe Williams, a.k.a. The Voice of Reason, encouraging you to join me weekdays from 7 to 9 p.m. for the world's most intriguing relationship radio roundtable. Every night, I facilitate and encourage our loyal listeners to participate in the most engaging relationship discussions you'll hear anywhere. So make it a point to rendezvous with me, Zoe Williams, the voice of reason, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Trust me, your relationships will never be the same. The VOR is on fire tonight. Unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got your black. black. Senna is our guest. You have performed with many different bands. Uh, you have been embraced, as you said, by the jazz establishment. Some of the greats have 
invited you into their space, um, celebrated your talent and your work. Um, and what are we hearing right there? We are listening to a song that is not released yet. Ooh. So, yeah, it's called Porti. And it's a song about self love for sure. Yeah. It's like saying to people that you already know it's toxic and you don't need it in your life. <laughs> don't come and bother me anymore. Like sometimes you get this toxicity. People don't understand that it was like it's the end. And people come back and, and what you have to say is like, it's like, yeah, what are you yeah. doing here, dude? <laughs> um, so, t so you were going to tell us the secret for this level up uh, in self-love that you've experienced yourself. Yeah. Um, yes. I, I, at the very beginning, I said, oh, I don't know where's that coming from. I know, I know where that's coming from. And that's coming from life experience. Yeah. Because they, they can tell you anything, but if you listen to your life experience, it is going to teach you a different thing. For example, in my case, I, I, I fell and I thought that I was not sexy, not beautiful, nothing. But then I will meet people that will tell me, wow, wh how beautiful you are. And will make me look at myself again at the mirror and say, am I beautiful? So little things that I paid attention to. I paid attention to the way people will celebrate me, the way people will... Um, educate me about my own beauty but I have to say that my life experience took me to many places in the world where beauty is seen in a different way too maybe in if my life experience was all just Cuba I'll never get what I got so I got what I got because I got the opportunity to travel so much and see beauty in many ways um, open my spectrum about what what a beautiful person is. So my main advice is listen to, uh, please pay attention and listen to your life experience. People may say anything, but your life is teaching you, and you gotta learn. If you don't learn from life, you're gonna uh, life is gonna give you exactly the same issues again to face it again until you learn. Hmm. So I'm not facing the same issues anymore because I'm facing new issues, but those yeah. issues, I don't, I don't face them anymore. <laughs> new issues. That's, if not, we'd be done. And then, yeah, we, exactly. then we could leave. Uh, then this, we can leave. We exactly. leave the building. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Done, Mayado Senna. When we come forward, we'll get, um, find out what we can find out about this new album, get some final thoughts from her. And um, that's what's up. It's KBLA Talk 1580. The conversation continues right now, right now, right now with right now, Dominique now. De Prima on First Things First. And we're, we got some music. Oh, we're talking with Daimea Arosena. Um, your performance is on it, the 
the latest performance, I should say, is Monday at the Bardot in Hollywood. What a great opportunity to get a sneak preview of the new album uh, that is dropping at the end of this month or closer to the end of this month. And certainly you have plenty of um, albums, I think, uh, for folks to hear the catalog of, of, of hits and, and, um, and the various styles that you have brought forth. Um, but what do you want? You know, I always feel like an hour goes by so fast here. What do you want us to know about you or, or, or your music that you don't want to leave here without saying? I used to be someone that wanted to be invisible, and now I want everybody to see me. Ah, I love that. Um, I need, we have to walk our path, learn from it, and don't let anybody to make you invisible. You talk about your ancestors oh, a yes. lot, and it's something that, you know, we have in common. And you've been very out front about, you know, as you said, the Cuban traditions, Afro-Cuban traditions. Why are the ancestors such an important part of that? The most beautiful thing about my spirituality is that it's mixed race like me. Mm. <laughs> it's Creole like me. It's Lukumi like me. It's nothing that I can say, oh, it's coming exactly from this place or this place. It took from everywhere. So it gives me the opportunity now in in the 21st century to go to a Muslim space and feel connected and take from that. Like I'm open to anything because the way I was raised was like we get inspiration, we get information, we learn from everything. Um, because we that that's the way we, we were built. Um, that's why, for example, I always like to say, I'm not Yoruba and Lukumi. I am Perro Sato Criollo, mezclado. A new world. Um, <laughs> yeah. A new world um, uh, African tradition. Well, so, I mean, you say from everywhere, but it's it's mostly It's mostly Africa. from Africa. Yeah. But we, for example, I have to have... But different parts of Africa. Yeah, and also I have to have things that are coming from Spain too, as Santera. Yeah. I have things coming from Spain. I have things coming from my indigenous traditions too. Ooh, we, okay, we can launch into a whole other show and sadly it is time <laughs> for Tavis Mont. Not sadly, but sadly it's time for our conversation. <laughs> and you can find her on Instagram, Daime Arosena. You can find her on stage on Monday. Thank you so much for coming Thank in. Thank you for having me here. It was a pleasure.